All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, and to uh, Justin Lee's Howells YouTube channel as well, uh, aka Einstein. So thanks for tuning in with us, wherever you're streaming from. You can be streaming from, from a lot of places right now, because I'm streaming from a lot of places. So make sure to go ahead and uh, wherever you're streaming from, go to my YouTube channel, like all my videos, comment, uh, share my videos if you like it and everything like that. Uh, my, and follow me on all my social media platforms. If you got any questions or anything you want us to do a video on and have a discussion on, let me know. But today, again, I've been telling you guys, we've been going through all of Revelations 21. Uh, so it blessed us so much, you know, for the Sunday school lesson that we've uh, been doing. So we just wanted to keep it going. So we're going through and saying all the stuff that we didn't get to say in our Sunday school lessons and Bible studies and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy. So make sure again to go to my YouTube channel, upload past crows, subscribe, like, comment, turn on no notifications so when you know I upload a video. Same thing for Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs. And let's get into it today. So we're gonna be talking about Revelations. Uh, 21 verses 6 through 10 today. Uh, we already did a video on Monday, uh, two days ago, on Revelations 21 verses 1 through 5. So I'll let Justin go ahead and give us a setting on what Revelations 21 talking about, right? So, all right, Justin, you got it. Yeah. So these verses will be interesting uh, because this is actually everything to us. And I think this is really interesting because john is trying everything that jesus and god is trying to tell them and of course like being like mortal beings and simplified creatures like it's pretty hard for us to comprehend the new jerusalem or the new earth or the new heaven that the earlier verses in revelation so, so he uses a lot of imagery or symbology like in the last one, carrying the new Jerusalem to, to a bride that was being prepared for the husband. So for here, this is, is actually Jesus speaking. Um, I, I, I kind of wanted more information just on like what John thought about this too, because of Jesus for the longest time. Um, but like uh, John tries to to the best of his ability just to show like what a new Jerusalem is going to be or like what so I feel like the next few verses are like chock full of um for that we really have to dig deeper or explain into right yeah my uh one thing I wanted to say I didn't say in last video but I'm gonna do just an introduction video on Revelations 21 like separate from everything else just I'm, I'm thinking about doing one verse every video because i have so much stuff to say on these verses uh so yeah uh, but like for you know just as an introduction you know the book of the last this is the last two chapters of the bible like right now we're in chapter 21 of revelations and then the last chapter in revelations chapter 22 and this is the end guys this is how all eternity is going to be forever this is called the eternal state so if you want to know how the end's going to be this is a sneak peek it doesn't give you a full-fledged like understanding it doesn't it doesn't give you all the spoilers in the world on how it's going to be like in heaven but it gives you an idea of what's going on right like that's that's all we get like a little preview a sneak peek of how it is there right and it's so powerful because one of the points points i got you know the book of revelation is a culmination so it's a climax the pinnacle it's the peak you know the height of something of what our great 
Christian hope, you know, life uh, in eternity with the Lord, right? Like, so if you desire to be with the Lord, you want to know what it's going to be like at this ultimate paradise. Here it is for you, right? So the book of Revelation is, is just that, a preview of what awaits every believer in glory. So, man, all of our hard work's going to mm-hmm. pay off, man. Every single verse pours out so much. It's so rich. And it's like me and Justin talk about all the time, like how we want to study the book of Revelations. But we were really, I was insecure. I'll just speak for myself. I was insecure about going through it because it's a difficult to understand uh, it's, it's just a lot to unpack. And then on top of that, you really need to know every single story in the Bible to really see how rich this is. And when we get, just, I t- I'm telling you, man, I've been studying Revelations 22, bro. And even this chapter, it talks about the tabernacle, you know, the high priest. It talks about a lot of Old Testament things. Like, well, like today we're going to talk about in, in, this, in today's video, you know, thirsting after God, right? So that's literally what Jesus said, you know, to the woman at the well. All right, I'll stop talking. Man, let's get to it, man. You ready to start? Yeah. <laughs> or did you have more time? No, I'm ready. All right, let's get to it. I'm going to share my screen. You got your Bible on you? Mm, yeah, I do. I'm looking at it right now. All right. Let's start reading. So, guys, I'm I'm reading. Again, we're in Revelations 21 today, and we're just going through the whole book of, that, uh, of the Bible with that. Uh, and we're focusing on verses 6 through 10, and I'm reading from the King James Version Bible. That's my favorite version of the Bible, and actually the world's favorite version. 55% of the world reads the King James Version Bible. But anyways, all right, so Revelation 21, verse 6, and he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Give unto him that is a thirst of the foundation of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, and the admittable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. In verse 10 of Revelation 21, and he carried unto me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. All right, guys. So we're about to get into this and have a lot of fun. So we're going to focus on verse six. Uh, Justin, Mm -hmm. I'll let you start us off. Uh, I'm going to read it one more time. And he said unto me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life. All right, let's get to it, man. Yeah, I just like the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We know that's Jesus talking of this is like um a big part of every Christian knows that Jesus is that bridge towards God. Like we, we have been sinners, we and we've lost to Eden because we sinned and severed that relationship with God. So this is really important. We were talking about what's the most important thing about a new heaven. It's not not because it's made of pearls or all these jewels, even though that's amazing. The real gift of a new Jerusalem is that God is going to be there. Like in Genesis, it talks about how how God with Adam and Eve, but we lost that. Now the important part to remember about the new Jerusalem is we can not on our own power but only through jesus so i find it very important that 
but presenting to John um, this new heaven that people are going to talk about because he that area. Um, and I feel like even more evidence that this is Jesus is becoming water. Like, what was he t- talking about with that woman at the well? Like, she thought he was telling her that she can drink and never be thirsty. Because, like, we're, we're carnal, physical. But Jesus was talking about the spiritual. And he does the same thing here. To the thirsty, he's water of life. I like how they're, I like how before I was talking about how uh, uh, sinners will be thrown into a lake of fire, but the people who have like, like um, living water, or they'll be written in the book of life. All, all these imagery that's trying to explain what it is going to be. I don't know if it's like going to be literal water. Or a literal fire, or a look and take that at face value. Um, for all we know, it could be like comparisons for John, it, for John, to allow us to with what what to expect from this. And from here, we know that we're going to Jesus is talking about. We're going to be born again. We're going to um, come from um, be born from the spirit. So that's very important that uh, this whole verse just speaks Jesus, though. So we have to realize that this is who's talking. This is who's presenting the verses to us. Right, right. Man, there's so much here, man. I'm going to summarize there, it because I'll... Yeah. A lot. <laughs> but, like, if we look at verse... Five of chapter 21, so the verse before the verses we just focused in on, verse 6, you know, it said, he that sat upon the throne said, you know, behold, I, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write for these things are faithful and true. Then he said in verse 6, and he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega. So apparently the person who sat upon a throne is saying this, right? That's the first thing we need to see, right? So mm-hmm. the person who's on a throne is the one that said, and he said unto me, so John saying that he said unto me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that there is a fountain of water and life freely. So this is, that's how, that's what we need to know. The person on the throne. And then we see in Revelations 22, the chapter after this one, in verse three, you know, it says, and there shall be no more curse, but the, the throne of God and of the lamb shall be in it, right? And his servants shall serve him. So the throne of God and the lamb shall be in it. So they're both one. So if you have a problem with believing that Jesus is Lord, this is about this is about to go be crazy. Because this is literally what this whole, whole thing is saying, right? Like Jesus is saying that Jesus shares a throne with God, like a lot of Bible verses says. It says that Jesus is God. They're both present. They're both there. And he said that I'm the Alpha and Omega. We know that he said that before. You know, the beginning and the end. I'm the living water. You know, if you thirst after me, no one would thirst again. So God himself declared that everything John has seen and heard is true and faithful in verse 5 of Revelation 21, right? And now he's saying that uh, Jesus is willing to give anyone who wanted the water of life. So we're about to get to that in a minute, right? So I'm going to get that out the way. So God is offering an opportunity for the unsaved to become redeemed. So this is a call for everybody, man. If you want to, He doesn't want anybody to perish, like that Bible verse says, right? So yeah, this is the point right here. And 
then that's the crazy that the first thing he said, we know that he said it is done before he died on the cross. You know, it is finished. So it's done again right here. <laughs> so like then he said it is done. I don't know this that well, but in the great tribulation, like the same declaration was made to mark the completion of God's judgment on earth during the great tribulation as well in Revelation 16, 17. So we got I can't wait to get to that, uh, Justin. But basically. This is a culmination of everything right here. This is a well, consummation. Like this is God's perfect plan coming into fruition. All the sin, all the heartache, all the pain, suffering, sorrow you have endured in this world, it all had it all was working for our good. Because now we were about to receive a reward greater than anything we could ever fathom, right? And this is what this 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 is leading up to. So let's talk about the Alpha and Omega, man. Like you know, Christ introduced himself as the Alpha and Omega at the beginning of Revelations chapter 1 and verse 8. And he applied the same thing again in Revelations 1, chapter, I mean, in chapter 1, verse 11. And now he's saying it again in verse 6. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> he's saying, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end. That part is crazy, right? Because Jesus began the history of earth. And he will finish it. And that's hard for some people to believe because they think Jesus is lesser than God. But he is God. They were both there at the beginning. That's John chapter one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word is Jesus. In John chapter one. And that's the thing. Who wrote this? Who wrote the book of Revelation? John. So John is trying to paint the picture that Christ is Lord. Christ is God. He's trying to paint the picture of Christ's deity. You get what I'm saying? So like, it's so crazy because he said it again in John chapter one, verse three, you know, all things were made by him, Jesus. And without him was nothing, not anything was made that was made, right? So like, <laughs> he's saying it's all connected to Jesus, bro. Like if you had any doubt that Jesus was God, this should really give you all the confidence in the world. Because I keep on going in detail, and I will in other videos, but you get it. Acts 16, verse 28. Uh, for in him we live, move, and have our being. Who's him? Jesus. As certain also your poets have said, for we are also his offsprings. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says that we're all have resurrected, we'll have resurrected bodies. We'll all, you know, we'll be able to live again because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Like we talked about in John chapter 11. Man, everything's connected. This, you guys see. Like the Bible comes together. Every single story connects with each other. It's like a puzzle. That's the greatest way to put it. It's like a puzzle. You have one little puzzle piece reading one little chapter of the Bible, one little verse, and you got to keep on piecing it together. You know what's funny? You'll never be able to complete that puzzle. And in your whole lifetime, in all of eternity, it's too much to learn, too much. God is too good. You're just not going to know it all, man. And that's the thing, mm -hmm. the Alpha and Omega. It's, he's the first letter of the alphabet in the last letter of the alphabet in the greek alphabet that's what the greek alphabet is alpha and omega right so the one on the throne identifies himself this way and he added that he was the beginning and the end because that's what alpha and omega means right so he's not only is god the one who began everything he's the one who will conclude and end it too <laughs> so like, <laughs> this is so crazy just i'm gonna let you go you want to go like or you want me to keep going yeah like i just love the um the decisiveness of his speech too is done like there's no hesitation there like it just has the strength of a real man that's that's always how jesus is spoken too though right because like when they ask, um he says like i am him or i am he and it's like in translations that's that's very strong language 
language. Like to in English, that doesn't. Like, he's equating himself with God. Like he doesn't mess around. Same with these verses. It is done. Like, like it just shows a finality to his speech. Uh, he will save the save everyone who, who uh, comes to him. Like he's not not gonna leave. They come to him, and just like. The way he says it as well, it wants everyone to come to him as well. I think we talked about this in the last verses as well. Like, God and pull people into the banquet. Man, they're they're like that parable of the king who invites to the banquet. But there's plenty of room. Like, he's offering water at no cost. People, man, it, there's no... I every, I'm stumbling over because there's a lot to say about it. But like every religion usually has things in order to be saved again. But like, how many? Like, you can't put a number to that. Like, out um, all, all the bad things you've done with all the good things that you do. Like, there's just no way. Because like, we, we're inherently sinful, so we're always that are bad all the time. So it's innumerous. But the thing about Christianity is, is that there is no cost to it. Like, we just have to believe and use it as our connection. So that's why I, and that's easier because no cost to it. They're, he, they're giving this out freely. They're inviting, and they're, they can do that because they're confident that they can save the, the, the speech is just so fun. Final. It's it's even more amazing in like the Greek translation because like it is done. Like Jesus has says mean yes, and you knows me no. That means whatever you say has to be final. The thing is, it is done. Like we are already saved. We don't have to worry about it. Our, our names are written, in, and that's what we need to aim, aim for as well. We need to aim for the. And we need to aim for something provided us. We need to live like we are saved. Like we can't just like be, be as normal. No, man, we've been given living water. And what does that even mean? Like it means are sustained by not carnal things. We're not sustained by things that are temporary in this life. That are sustained by things with a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's what the new Jerusalem is going to be about. A, it's it's a paradise that will never fade, that won't be corrupted. Like, that's what we're... Yeah. Man, there's so much to say with that. Like, the last thing I want to say, I want to talk about the living water part. Like, that part, it's going to talk about it again at the very beginning of Revelations 22, right? Mm-hmm. How the, the Garden of Eden basically is recreated again. And it's the river going through the middle of the street mm-hmm. of all the news and then i think that god is in their midst right so it says like the throne room is in the middle of it I, something like that i gotta study some more by the way it goes man like this is crazy like all the stuff you've been experiencing on this earth that's hell like all the persecution the hell on earth you get what i'm saying the suffering the pain just all the stuff that causes your life misery right john's telling us and everybody that was threatened as a believer and facing persecution and was even executed. Like he was telling them, like, this is the truth that you need, like that's gonna set you free. And he was saying, like, you know, 
that, you know, the scriptures are, uh, I'm going to read this. They have scripture to show them that God controlled events in the past, present, and future, right? So, like, <laughs> God is eternal. You know, he's not only eternal, he controls everything from eternity past to eternity future, right? So in this text, he's the beginning and the end, the alpha and omega. That means he controls it all. He's sovereign, right? Sovereign means supreme ruler, possessing supreme and ultimate power. That means he dictates and controls it all. He's infinite, ultimate, you know, unlimited, unrestricted, balanced, unrestrained. And like, <laughs> he, it, it is done. Like nobody can stop what he's about to do. This is going to happen. You can believe in it because it's faithful and true. So if you had any doubt about the Bible, you shouldn't have any doubt anymore, right? <laughs> because his words are faithful and true. Like it says in verse five of Revelations 21, the verse before verse six, you guys get what I'm saying? So like, this is so crazy. It's the, it's the end, right? The beginning and the end, right? And there's so much to say about that, but uh, what was I going to say? It's like one scripture verse. I think it's in my notes, <laughs> but maybe I don't have it and I don't need to say it. But basically, God, yeah, yes, God always finishes what he starts, he, what he starts, right? And God is the one speaking from the throne. Jesus is the one speaking from the throne. And this affirms that uh, he began, what he began has come to pass, right? So everything that's in the Bible will come to pass, man. And that's Philippians 1, 6. And I'm going to end it right there. Like being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God has made promises and he's faithful to all his promises. Like we said in the video before in verse five, I man, I keep on going, you know, it's because of God where there uh, is because of God was there from the beginning that we find our end in our beginning and our beginning and our end right so i'm done man you guys get it man so <laughs> this, that part is so crazy we haven't even talked about thurston right the next part said i will give unto him that is a thirst a foundation of water of life freely like a verse six that that part everybody hungers and thirsts for something right everybody wants something in life and i'm gonna tell you now let me just share my screen. Let me let me let me give you my hand. I'm gonna give everybody a visual. What are you thirsting after in this life? Like, what do you want in this life? And will it fulfill you and satisfy you? Because only Jesus can, right? And so it right. says, "Sex." I got a. Here goes one of my Instagram posts, man. I love posts like this. I post a lot of them. It says, "Sex won't satisfy you. Fame won't satisfy you. Drugs won't satisfy you. Money won't satisfy you. Alcohol won't satisfy you. Success won't satisfy you. Life is empty without Jesus." right? He's the only one who can satisfy your heart, you know? And then I had a few other quotes, you know, there's nothing that you need between here and heaven, which is not provided in Jesus Christ. There's nothing that you need between here and heaven, which is not, uh, I said it twice. Are you kidding me? That's a typo. But anyways, <laughs> you guys get it. Another one was, if God is not enough for you, then not enough will be your God, right? So you'll never be satisfied. And that's another scripture verse, like talk about broken cisterns. Uh, uh, Justin, have you ever done a Bible study on broken cisterns before? Jeremiah 2, 13, no. I think. No, I haven't. Have you? No. I mean, I think I've done something before, but not like, not live, not on video or anything. Yeah. yeah. But I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, basically, uh, you know what? I'm going to get to it now. Let me look for it. I, I got it somewhere in my notes right here. Did, did you have anything else before I go, though? Uh, for verse 6? Yeah. No, I think I said what. Okay. 
All right, well, I'll just say, I'll save that for another time. I think it's in my other notes in like, yes, and my other notes, Revelations 22. But because, uh, you know, all of this connecting again, guys, like every every Bible passage comes, every single verse comes together. And all you need to know is, you know, God made us capable of craving so that we have an unquenchable desire for more of him and him alone. This is why you hunger and thirst after things, because God wants to quench that thirst that you have, right? It says that, you know, to anyone who wants water, he's going to give it freely to us, man. So heaven belongs to the thirsty. Heaven belongs to those who have a need for spiritual quenching. So do you acknowledge that about yourself? Because, you know, nothing else on earth can give you that. And so many people look for the other things. I mean, you can have all your dreams and hopes and all your ambitions come true. But you're going to figure out at the end of that tunnel, it was, you know, you could have done without it. Because Jesus is the best thing. That could ever happen to you, right? So you guys get it, man. So there's so much other stuff I need to say with that, but we can go to another verse, man, because I'll just save that for another video because there's way too much to say with that. But all right, you ready to go to seven, Justin? Yeah, sounds good. I'm about to share my screen. That's why I need a person to, like, do the technology for me so I can just talk. But. All right, verse 7 says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. All right, so that's verse 7 of Revelation 21. I kind of like that your translation says overcometh. My version, the NIV, I think that that's really, I I like that because it shows, I don't know, it, it, there's a lot to unpack in there too. It, it also shows that like God's victory is also our, our victory. Like we're counted among the winning team. But the overcoming part as well is like overcoming the sins of this world. And like, of course, we can't do that without Jesus. Like the Bible makes that explicitly clear. Instagram post made it clear too that any tools, anything of this world, it's not going to help us win the only thing the only way to win is to be on the winning so if we want to be if we want to inherit the kingdom of god our names need to and how do we do that we need to uh follow jesus follow god like uh, that the that those who turn away from him uh which we'll get in verses is, is not it's not going to bring Bring us to the New Jerusalem as well. Like the gap between the gap that was created at the fall between us and God to span ourselves. Like we'll try to use uh, um, a like a job or volunteering or stat repair our relationship or to improve our lives or to make our lives um, seem quote, quote, good. But, like, what's really good is actually being with God. Because, like, I'm not saying don't do good things for the sake of being good to other people. But the only big G good stuff, it can only come from God. Because those are things that are everlasting. If we want to be victorious. We can't think of we can't think of what's over in a worldly sense. We have to understand it from um, God said, accepting Jesus and 
repenting of our sins and changing our lives for the better. Yeah. Inward change before he wants any outward change. Right. Yeah, somebody asked a question, by the way, about verse 5. They said, uh, what's your guys' thoughts that we are the living word as in Revelations? So just like we talked about, talking about living water, she, mm -hmm. they asked, uh, what are your guys' thoughts that we are the living water, the living word as in Revelations? And mm -hmm. I, I was, the verse I was looking for is this, like Jeremiah 2.13. So I'm looking at my notes for Revelations 22. Uh, it says, uh, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, or living waters, excuse me, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So everything else in this world that we're looking to satisfy us, sex, money, fame, cars, you name it. I don't care what, what it is, weed, just whatever you get your high off of. Basketball, football, it could be whatever. Everybody has a different sin that entices them, like it says in the book of James chapter 1, at the very middle of it, so like verse 12 or something. But uh, either way it goes, whatever you look for in this world, it's a broken cistern. That means it's like a vase that has holes poked in it, and you're pouring water in it, and it just leaks out. Or like a straw. That's my biggest pet peeve. Having a straw and I'm trying to sip a drink and it it barely goes in my mouth. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That's exactly what it's like going to anything else for satisfaction, satisfaction and happiness in this life. And even like with the Samaritan woman, man, she thought the more people she was with, the happier she'd be. That's why people get married five times, six times. You can wear as many rings as you want. It's not going to satisfy you. Like, it's all going to be the same. You just got to make it work. <laughs> so, like, yeah, only Jesus is the living water. But, like, my whole point, she said, you know, what are your guys' thoughts about we are the living word, as in Revelations? You know, we got to notice that uh, in John chapter 7, verse 37, I'm going to read this and then I'm done. In the last day, Jesus said, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth in me. So you got to believe in him. If you don't take a drink from Jesus, that means you believe in him, right? Or you're trying to, right? As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So notice that Jesus said, you know, the Lord is the fountain of living water. He's the fountain of living water. And this fountain comes from the throne room of God because he is God, right? So if you come to God and you accept God and you believe in, him, in God, <laughs> you're going to be out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So, you know, this living water can come from you and me right? This joy, this hope, this happiness, you know, God himself can dwell in you and come out. God's love should, and his grace, his mercy, his presence should be felt with you, right? So it, be, it should be coming out of your heart, right? From all the works that you do, because it's inside of you. You're just giving it out. So like, just to answer her question, did you have anything with that? That was a great question. That's what I was trying to go Yeah. At. To say that we're actually the living word or living water, because I think it's very obvious all but we do um as in, uh, oh you can see the chat i didn't know you could see it yeah i can see it <laughs> over to the oh, chat wow. saying as in we are now in between dispensations oh okay i think i think even in that sense like there are lots of verses that sean and i in a lot of our studies is we're the light on the hill or where the salt of the earth are only those are with the precedence that 
Jesus is Jesus is um uh, uh living in us. Like their dwell character is able to shine through us. Like of course the song that go the songs and the Bible verse of me and more of him. Like that that's I wouldn't say like we're the, the say like we're the living representations of that. Just because what we should be doing is God and Jesus are shining through us like there they give us the ability or they give us the ability to be to be the salt of the earth like when 220 like when it says like uh we are new creation come like that's only because we've been reborn um in the spirit man there's like so much stuff of the flesh that that's keeping us from being that are true examples of what Jesus was showing us or only that's obviously with the president that we Jesus act through us. I think I'm always a little worried about giving ourselves too, too much credit because when we live in a culture today where People say you need to take credit, or that you um, like everyone wants. They want to, um, they want to highlight their skills, not the skills God gave you. They like to highlight uh, the skills that they weren't. That, but man, it's if you if you watch the lifespan of a celebrity or skills, it's like such a, a short lifespan, like. One day they're on top of the old news, like you don't hear anything about them anymore. Um, so I think the same. We, we're like we're just ambassadors. Like that's the word I would use for us is we're ambassadors. Are the real the living water and the living word, um, and we're just representing that. We're like yeah, you can work hard for the talents you've been given, but man, like really gave that to you. We need to remember. Not just the gifts, but the gifter, and that's God. Right. I hope that answered the question. I think I kind of go on rants sometimes when I, <laughs> somebody gives me something to answer. Well, at least if we watch the video, you got back, any more? something else. Well, I want to keep on. We got to keep on going. We're gonna try to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, question. Yeah, I'm gonna go with seven. Let's let's go back to seven. But yeah, we did. I think we did a great job answering that question. Mm. All right, so, verse seven of Revelation twenty-one said, "He that overcame shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son." Like that overcometh part. Where does that say that in the Bible? Like it says that we're more than conquerors. You know, we're overcomers, right? Through Christ, through Jesus, right? So I'm gonna read First John, chapter five, verse four to five. It says, "For whatever is born of God overcometh the world." And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, right? So, uh, yeah, let me just go ahead and read verse five. Uh, who is that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, right? It's talking about verse seven of Revelation 21. Uh, in Revelation 21, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, right? You only inherit this through faith in Christ, right? You only receive the victory in this life through faith in Christ. Like most people 
it says that many, many will, Jesus said, many, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do all these things for you? And he'll say, depart from me, for I do not know you. So I'm pretty sure majority of people are going to be burning in hell. But the people who really believe in the Lord, who went to him every single day as for living water, you know how much you need water on this earth? Water is 75, just like we talked about with verse one. This is connecting like crazy. In verse one of Revelation chapter 21, it said that there's no more sea, right? Much of the earth is filled with water. How much are we depending on water right now in this world? And Jesus is saying, that's how much you need to depend on me. You get dehydrated. You can die if you don't drink water at all, right? You get 75, 90% of, most of your body is water. I think 90% of your blood is water. 65% of your flesh is water. You, how much, do you need water again? How much of the earth is water? 75%. Like, we're the, this is a water culture, a water world, right? And in that world, Jesus is the water. He's the only water we need. <laughs> Same thing in this world. Like God is speaking through creation. He said, I'm the living water, right? You drink after me, you'll never thirst again. You need this water. And this is the water. This is the only water that gives you the victory in this world, in this life, and in the life to come. Like he said, I am the resurrection and life in John chapter 11, like we talked about in our Bible studies. It, it, you make sure to watch that, that. Go to that playlist on my YouTube channel, Upload Pastor Crossroads, John chapter 11. He said, I'm the resurrection and life. You don't get to be resurrected if you don't believe in Jesus. You don't get eternal life if you don't believe that he has eternity in his hands, right? It's all connecting, guys. So you want to overcome? He that over, overcometh shall inherit all these things. What are all these things? All of paradise, all the new Jerusalem, all the new earth, like we're going to talk about in Revelation 21, right? So I want to say that. And then also, I want you to ponder the term overcome and conquer. Because a lot of us, like, we live de defeated lives. Like, we just live in defeat. And we don't think we can accomplish anything. And we just coast by. And God made you more than a conqueror. Victorious. It ain't your work. It's not because of what you do. It's because of Jesus. So you need to start trusting in him and walking in his power. Let him empower you through your everyday life and through your everyday struggles to help you to overcome all the obstacles and everything you're going through. So have you? do you have total victory? You should be receiving victory through every single obstacles and challenges that you're facing in this world. Why? Because we have total victory over sin, the flesh, and the devil. Does the devil have authority here? Sure. But you know what? We got more authority than the devil. We can take him out. We can trample over him. But you got to believe, right? I mean, I can keep on going, man. But he that overcometh, another version of the Bible, you probably, I wonder what version you got, uh, Justin, but the NLT version said, all who are victorious will inherit all things, man. You can't win without yeah. Jesus. Like, you you can't get in, you can't get there without Jesus. <laughs> He's the one that already got the victory. And Terry said that. You said what Terry says all the time, Justin. He said, Jesus' victory is your victory. You know, Jesus' victory is your victory. So because he won, you can win too, right? So that's plenty of scripture verses, guys. But you guys get it, man. There's so much to say with that. Uh, I want to talk about that next part. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. Did you have anything with that one, Justin? No, I like, I like that. Um, let me pull it up. Yeah, no, I like that you mentioned like the other version also had victorious. And again, I just like, like that imagery that of like, like oh, we're going to be uh Jesus said he's going to be their God, which just shows that uh, um God the same entity in the Trinity and that they will be my children. So many verses that talk about 
um, being adopted, which back then was a much bigger deal too. Because when you adopt someone, man, it's their old status, their old history is completely gone. They have to take on the family, on uh, the responsibilities of that family. But at the same time, they also earn all family. Like it's, I think being, I think adoption back then compared to what it is nowadays, but this is just showing like, like it shows two things. One, what I was saying before about how God and body, they're trying to adopt everybody into one big family. And two, it just shows how much first we've moved from an analogy that Jesus was talking about about a king inviting everybody. But now, this analogy is much more personal. Like, God, God is inviting them to be their children. So I just love, love the personal, like the personal uh, Right. Yeah, that's that's the last thing I want to say. Uh, God declared that everyone who overcomes will inherit all things, right? So we've been honing in on that a lot. Because God said, you know, I will be his God and he shall be my son. Like a father's going to take care of you, man. Like God's a good, good father. He's the best father you'll ever have. If you had a bad one on this earth, I'm sorry. Don't compare that to our God. Like our God is greater than that, right? So he's greater than it all, right? He's the best. So he, he said a father looks out for his son. A father makes a way for his son. A father make sure his son has everything that he needs, especially a good father, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's lost in today's time period. But anyways, like, God is stressing here in this text, you know, you know, it means when he says son like that, and I'm going to go ahead and put in daughter, right? It means that we're being we're heirs in God's family, sharing the same status that Christ got. So because of Jesus' victory, you have victory now. So because Jesus won, you can win too, and you have the same status. You guys get that? So because Jesus was sinless, you are without sin when you put your faith in him. You see how the Bibles come together, guys, because Jesus paid the price. You don't have to pay it. You have the mm-hmm. victory. So if anybody doesn't put their faith in Jesus, what happens to them, guys? They don't have the victory. They can't inherit all these things. Why? Because they're corrupted. You know, they're not one of his. They're not an heir to the throne. They mm. paid their price. Even though he, tra- he, he did, they didn't accept it. They didn't believe it. So they don't. They don't get to enjoy this inheritance, guys. You see how the Bible's coming together? This is crazy, man. Like, oh, man, this study was awesome, man. But you ready to go to the next verse, man? All right. So Revelation 21, verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the admonable. Is that how you say it, Justin? The abominable. Abominable. Yeah, I can't. I can't abominable. Say abominable. <laughs> like abominable. Okay. Have you heard that? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you cut out those, honestly. What do you say? Abominable oh. what? Like abominable snowman. Like, uh, it's like the a monster that lives up in the Himalayas. Whoa. Uh, like, is that you my life? What's that? No, it's not real. It was shown in that Monsters, Inc. Pixar movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to, I need to figure out but, what that is. You know, 
I think I've seen it before, though. I'm curious what my version says real fast. Okay, yeah. Vile. Mine says vile. Vile. Okay. Yeah, because I I was going to break down what all this meant. Like, I know abominable means detestable, wicked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awful. Like, yeah. All right, so, and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second Revelation 21, 8. All right, guys, we're about to break this verse down. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. All right, so in contrast to those who will inherit all things, like verse 7 says, it says that these folks in verse eight, the fearful, unbelieving murderers, whoremongers, all those people, there are those who refuse to drink the fountain of water of life, you know, Jesus Christ. So these are the people, those people who reject Christ, they're going to have their part in the lake of fire. Like there's, this is the only option you got. There's only two options, which I want to end off saying, but I'll go ahead and say it now. You know, there's two destinations. There's heaven or hell. There's two ways, the narrow way or the broad way, like Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14 says. That's one of my favorite texts in the Bible. There's two masters. There's only two masters, you know, Satan or Christ. Two Mm -hmm. walks of life, the spirit or the flesh. And there's no halfway point in any of these. If you're a lukewarm Christian, like the book of Revelation says, you're not, (laughs) you're too cold for God. He wants people that's hot for him, right? Mm -hmm. So only Jesus saves, right? So yeah, so these people, they're going to have their part in the lake of fire, guys. So were you going to say something, Justin, before I keep on going? No, keep on going. All right. Yeah. So I want to oh, say, I, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So another point I had was, you know, these sinners are all unbelievers and unrepentant who are doomed and excluded from this new Jerusalem, this new earth, this new heaven. You don't get to experience this. Like some people think they could talk their way into heaven. Some people think they could finesse their way into heaven. No. There's only one way, and you got to believe that Jesus is Lord, and you got to serve him, man, because only people who want to serve him get, like, but the only people that's hungry and thirst for him get to be there. If you don't have to hunger and thirst for him now, what makes you think he's going to do it then? Why? Just because you see him? Are you kidding me? Like, that's not faith. This is a life of faith, right? So, you know, they are not doomed or condemned because of their sins, because we're all sinners. We should all go to hell just based on that, right? But they are condemned because they failed to believe Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You see how the Bible's coming together, guys? Like, I hope this is really painting a picture for everybody that ever had any doubt that, you know, or is, should I put my faith in them? And you were confused about other religions. And then also, this verse right here categorizes uh, eight sinners. It categorizes uh, a group of eight sinners, right? And it, they have different categories, right? But it's just... It's not like they have rankings. I'm not saying that. It's just different categories of sinners, right? So you have the fearful and the cowardly. That part is so crazy, man. So the fearful and cowardly in other versions of the Bible, right? Those are the people who drew back and denied Christ instead of overcoming mm-hmm. a conflict, right? And so many people are doing that today. You don't have to you know, face persecution. Like You could deny Christ and draw back just because you fear what other people think, right? How many people do that? Don't you don't have no part in the in paradise, right? There's no halfway point. I understand everybody's growing and have different levels of faith, but you guys get what I'm saying, man. You can't live all your life and do that. That's not that's not gonna fly. Only people that are gonna get there, right? So the cowardly, so those are people who choose safety and self, you know, before Christ. They're afraid 
they're afraid of every new step, right? Through life, right? Don't ever do anything. Come on, man. That's not victory. Are you kidding me? So they fear man more than they fear God. You guys get it. Like, there's so much to say just with that part alone, right? So I'm going to keep on. You know, and also with cowards, too, they're not bold with their faith. Like, Paul said, I'm unashamed of my faith. You know, I'm unashamed to share the but I'm going to share it, right? So is that you, right? If it's not, that means you're drawing back. You're fearful and cowardly. You shouldn't be doing that. Doesn't matter what people think. Because in that new world order, that's all it's going to be up there, baby. Like, it's going to be worth it, right? So the whole earth is going to be like that in the new earth and new heaven. So you might as well just get ready for it now. Even though it's not like that now, you need to be living like you already are up there right now. You guys see what I'm saying? So it's so much to say with that. But most people on earth are selfish. And they're selfish in this sense. You are going to heaven alone, right? So if you just go up there yourself because you... (laughs) Because you were too scared to, to reach somebody, reach your family members and your loved ones and your friends. That says a lot about you. Like There will be some people up there like that, man. That's awful, man. You can't be living like that. You need to be speaking openly about your faith at all times. Don't be hiding who you are in Christ. Don't be hiding the gifts and the abilities and the, Christ and the God in you. You guys see what I'm saying? So I could say so much with that, man. But that's just one category. I could really break down all of them. You know, the unbelief. I'm going to just speed through it. The unbelieving. Like those are people who identify with the church, but they're not true believers, right? So mm-hmm. there's people that go to church just to go to church, but they don't really let it, they don't they don't practice what they preach, you know, they don't practice the word. They just want to hear a good message, a motivating message, you know, something that tickles their ears, like the Bible says. You can't what? Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, <laughs> and that's you can break that down. All that stuff you can break down, man. Abominable, right? That's how you say it. So that means yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. right. Got it. <laughs> so that means, you know, doing something very bad or unpleasant, nasty, atrocious. Oh man, I sound like a nerd. Oh, that was awful. But anyways, you remember in First Corinthians chapter five, Justin, when we did that Bible study, said that you know Paul was pointing out the Corinthians and saying, "Man, you are you guys are letting this one believer come into the church." And he's doing something that not even sinners do. They even sinners, people who don't even believe in God and follow God. They wouldn't do, and they think it's awful, right? If you're a Christian doing this, te- this test, this tasteful things like just so awful and atrocious and revolting—that's the word, revolting and despicable—to all mankind. Are you kidding me? You're gonna find yourself in a lake of fire, man. You should be doing stuff that's good and admirable. Like you can break down all these murderers. You already know whoremongers, the people that do fornications and whores. You know. Yeah, you got, I'm not a lot of rain, you know, so sexually immoral. All liars, you know, sorcerers, you know, and idolaters. That's deep because, you know, you don't have to practice, you don't have to do spells to be a sorcerer and idolater. You're just trying to control people and tell people how to live their lives. And especially yeah. if you're like a pastor or like really respect, even a father or mother, you try to t- control your children and say, you know, you need to do this and you manipulate. Especially women with your husbands manipulating things. I mean, that's kind of harsh, but you guys get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to say. Yeah, but my last part is you know, there's you know, these unbelievers in the new Jerusalem because in this new world order, that, that don't that don't fly. That don't fly God around. He's gonna be in our midst, he's tabernacling with us. He's gonna get you out of there. You're not even gonna make it in there, you know. So, yeah, this is gonna be a great place, man. So I'll stop, man. Justin, you had it. Yeah, like I just like all, how all the categories here 
pretty covers everybody. Like I can't think of anyone who um, does not fit in some way. And like all you have, the thing is, you only have to sin once to be covered. Um, like if you may, like some people say, "Oh, I'm not a liar." We're all liars because if you, if a person killed somebody, they'd be called a, a murderer. Like you wouldn't say, "Oh, it's fine." Killed a person once. Once you once you've sinned, you've sinned. So you're a sinner. Like if once you, once you've lied at least once, you're a liar. So like we need we need Jesus to save us from these because we've all all been corrupted by things. And it's like I don't know. That's Cowardly and unbelieving as well. Like all the other ones, I feel like I'm more action based. But the first important, and I'm sure we'll like get into a little bit more, so I won't go too much into it. But cowardly and un- like that was one of um that was one of Peter's regrets was denying for the uh, rooster crowed um, was denying Jesus because he was afraid of what what the people would do with him. So. Those two verses, it, it, uh, the Ten Commandments, like the first, the first few commandments are we need to connect with God or our relationships with God. The last few verses show how we should connect with man. Same with these eight, like cowardly and unbelieving, like how we're treating God or what we're doing to God. Then, or, or one like the vile or abominable, that's very character-based. And then the last five, how are we treating our fellow man? And of course, like, we want, but like, everyone has a limit. Everyone treats at least one person they don't like with, with a little bit of disdain. Like, we deserve that, like, like a fire, in all honesty. We, that's why it's so important to to reach out to God and Jesus for this, because it was from all these, all of these eight, eight sins. Yeah. Or eight, the thing. Or yeah, we all we all do it. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. all do all of them, like, <laughs> or one of them. It doesn't matter. And that's the thing. Uh, Jackson Diggs. I went to high school with him. Played football with him. He commented. Do you see his comment from Facebook? He said, "Uh." Crazy thing is that all those sins are all connected, being guilty of one is guilty of all. So, like, you do one thing, you mess up in one way. And if we're all on, you, you have lied yeah. before. You probably lie on your at work all the time. Say how many hours you work, you don't work that. So, I, really like, I, like, I like that a lot because, man, as people, we always win sin over the other. Uh, oh, gosh, I... I I won't mention which ones. I don't want to turn this into a political thing. But man, it's it's true. We always think, think oh, what? Well, but no, honestly, from God's perspective, like if uh, um, we talked about, if we wrote down our verse, if we wrote down the best person we could think, the worst person we could think of on the bottom of the card, which everyone always comes up with, like Hitler. People write down. Oh yeah, Hitler's definitely worst. Um, but say okay, okay, we fall somewhere in the middle. 
maybe a little better, maybe a little closer. Uh, uh, Nelson Mandela. Um, but then if you put this come up the Empire State Building, like, like in God's all the way at the top, from that perspective, we're all at the bottom. But like, like we always try to put one sin over the other. We all need, uh, um, we all need forgiveness because, yeah, uh, who was it? They're all interconnected. Once you, once one person sins, or once you do one, one sin, then you're you're guilty. Right. Yeah, and that's why this this point we we're basically saying it like Jesus paid the way for you. He's the only way. Like. If you had any doubt about Jesus, this is why you shouldn't have any. Because only he was sinless. And he was sinless so you can be sinless if you just believe in him. He made a way in the heaven for all of us, even though we're sinners. So we're not looked at as sinners. We're going to see that with Revel- all this. Revelation 21, but especially Revelation 22. Because of Jesus and his sacrifice, we're heirs to the throne if you just believe in him. We're just like him. If we just believe in him, we can get there if we just believe in him. But you're going to be thrown into the lake of fire, like this text said in verse eight, with fire and brimstone, where the hell and where the fire doesn't consume you, but it burns forever. You're going to be there and separated from God because that's what you chose. Because Jesus is the only way. You can't get out of that, guys. So if you had any doubt and you thought all other religions, yeah, I, just God and all other religions, religions, it's not. Christianity is the only religion that says Jesus is the way and works won't save you. Every other religion says, you know, if you're a good person, if you work your way, you can get there. No, Jesus was the only one who did. The, he did all, He did all the work for everybody. So you don't have to do any. Right. But you should. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? So like, yeah, the worst part of being of, of uh, everything that we're talking about, hell and the fire is not even the worst part. The worst part is being separated from God and from those who believed in him in all eternity. You know, throughout all history, like and being separated from your loved ones that believe too, like that's the worst part. But being separated from God, because that's what you chose. That's the alternative, hell, because that's what this world is. It's hell, right? It's awful. Look <laughs> at the Revelation twenty-two. We're really gonna tear that up, Justin. But yeah, man, you guys get it, man. I, I'll just keep on going. Let's go. Keep on going. You ready to go to verse nine? Yeah. Yeah, my last point that ties in with verse nine is, you know, those who have not placed their faith in Christ will not enter the new order. So there's new earth, there's new world, right? Um, But will forever suffer punishment for their sins and will never see the bride, the lamb's wife, you know? So the city, the new Jerusalem, where all the residents are, which makes it the bride's wife, which we're going to talk about with verse nine. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. Share my screen. Uh, what version from the Bible do you read from, by the way, Justin? Which one? NIV. NIV? All right. All right, so uh, Revelation 21, verse 9 from the King James Version Bible. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Right? All right, so I'll go ahead and start it off. Just because mine is really quick, Justin, by the way. So finally, we get to the part where I'm not talking a lot. All right. So if you were confused by that last part, so verse nine again, and there came unto me uh, the seven angel, one of the seven angels, which has seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, come hither, 
I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. So I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. So a lot of people are confused with that part, but I'll help you guys out. So I'll ask a question to help you out. You probably ask, you know, what is the bride, the lamb's wife, right? So we see in verse two, so the Bible repeats itself, scripture interprets scripture. In verse two of Revelation 21, the same chapter, it says, and I, John, saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So it was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's something that God's been preparing for us for a long time. Just like a, a bride does for a wedding, she prepares herself, gets herself just looking good for her man, right? Now, it would be comical and be hilarious if a person's getting married and instead of getting ready, they just walk down the aisle in pajamas. Like, God doesn't do that here, right? He's preparing the bride, the city, and it's perfect. It's mm -hmm. something you never could ever imagine, right? So, all right, so the bride adorned for her husband is, is talking about the city and it's identified as the lamb's wife, right? But we know that we're the bride of Christ, right? That's plenty of scripture verses. The church is the bride of Christ. The redeemed is the bride of Christ, right? So an empty city without citizens cannot be a bride, right? <laughs> like it, in order to, for it to be a complete bride of Christ, citizens have to be there. We have to be there. The redeemed have to be there. So that's what makes it the city, you know, the bride, the lamb's wife, right? So you guys get that? And then also, the, obviously, the lamb's Jesus, you know? So I, I just wanted to break that down just in case anybody's confused. And uh, yeah, Justin, did you have anything with that? Or are you, are you good? Yeah, I, I do find it interesting. Like, I, 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 I guess I just like analogies. I love, love it when um, an analogy is used multiple times and you can relate it. But just having, like, the bride or the wife of the lamb showing it's showing that relationship um i i don't mean to like beat a dead horse in the last study but like the bride it's the it's the to show the bride is like flawless so the angel going to show like he's showing her off like that's i i just really like that because i um admire their wife or admire gifts that God has given them off to people because that's what we do a lot of times um, when we get something good is we don't hide it away we like we're supposed to express it we're supposed to a lot of good things that God has given us like the word as well like we when we receive like it's really hard to self-contain it it's not like a Christmas present that you'll throw away in the closet. No, so it's the same here that, that I think the angel, which uh, the answer to show off the new Jerusalem, the bride, the wife of the lamb. So I'm, I'm just a sucker for continued analogies because I love how they get tied, tied together like that. Yeah. Yeah. My last part I had with verse nine is, you know, that that part is so powerful. The bride. It doesn't say the name of the bride. It doesn't identify the bride. But we know the bride's the church. And what does the church and you know what is the church encompass of? You know what? You guys get what I'm saying. What's the array of the church from a coding perspective? <laughs> so like, uh, you know, the wife, the bride. It's not any particular believer, right? It's all of us. We're all a team, right? It's not any particular church. It's all of the churches, right? Because there's seven churches, 
that John was writing to just from the book of Revelations, uh, Revelations in Asia Minor or whatever, right? So Turkey. So it's not the Gentile church. It's not the Jewish church only. You know, it's all of God's elect. You guys get that? So, yeah, I just want to throw that out there, man. It's one general assembly, one body, one sound, one mind. We're the body of Christ, man. And Christ is the head. Jesus, God is the head. You know, everybody else is part of the body, man. Hallelujah. So it's a prepared and adorned for all of us, man, this place, right? So, man, if you are racist towards anybody, man, it's filled with many nations and many tribes, many languages. So you should just not be racist. Because you might, if you're racist, man, you ain't going to like heaven. It's going to be filled with a lot of people that you wouldn't think that would be there, but they're there. So, all right. just want to throw that out there. You ready to go to verse 10? Or you want to say something? I wonder what we'll look like now that I think about it. Do we keep our race? I feel like uh, that's, that's that's a whole another can of worms. Sorry, that's a something I need to think about later. That's not something I need to bring up right right now in our study. I never thought about that. I never thought because we're spirit. So like, I, yeah, like gosh, I feel like I should have thought of that before, but no, I literally never thought about it till you said something. So like, oh, no, oh okay, well. That's not important, though. <laughs> I think when we study First Corinthians 15, like together, or get, like we go verse by verse, I think we'll cover that because we get new resurrected bodies. And mm-hmm. it says it's like our bodies, but we can do different things like Jesus. Like we can still eat, but I mean, you can teleport. You can, you can face through walls like you're just not limited. Like, right. So you're going to have a body. So I just, it has to be something like ours, but like perfected bodies, you know, not like right. weak, fragile, or pathetic. I, I guess in the last lesson, I, I talked about more, more about internally. Like we won't be tempted. We won't be doing things or anger. So I was thinking of from like an uh, internal perspective, but yeah, we, we didn't touch our appearance or anything like because like that's probably not as important so it's not really meant you know that'll be that'll be fun yeah when we die yeah still a good question you gotta ask questions that's how you ask question guys just it's okay to question god and ask questions and study man that's that's what all of heaven's gonna be oh so you like (laughs) yeah are you ready to go 10 man yeah, let's do it. All right. And this goes with what I was trying to say yesterday, by the way, but I actually speeded ahead. So, all right. So, Revelations 10, I mean, Revelations chapter 21, verse 10, reading from the King James Version again. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So, this verse goes with verse 2, man. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down. So it's saying coming down again from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So he says it twice. That's how you know it's so significant what he's seeing. Because he mentions it twice. He's seeing the New Jerusalem, the new earth, the new heaven, coming down out of heaven from the throne room of God, where God was, to him, right? When he was on a high mountain. So now he's saying where he was. Maybe the angel teleported him to the mountain. So I probably said it wrong in, yes, in the other day's video with verses one to five. Like maybe he wasn't on the mountain at first. 
but now he is on the mountain with the angel and now he can really see you know the city coming down at him all right so uh did you have anything with that justin yeah i like the image of being on the mountain my, my mountain is like that imagery has been used before like you see homes you see adjacent cities like that's a um i feel like i took him to a high mountain and plus like when jesus was tempted by the devil, the devil took him to like a high, high place to oversee a city and he promised them oh you can like follow me and and, and like in that in that, that connotation that but for this one an angel is taking him to a high place and showing him what the people by following god so i don't know if that's i don't know if the mountain was that but i i just like those parallels of um, you could earn you this high point overlook a city that's promised by the devil, and you know that this now when you see go to the top of the mountain and see this well deserved given by God, like this shows what paradise will be. Hmm. All right, all right, so uh. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. That that part, great. That's <laughs> it says great. So it doesn't say puny, pathetic, you know, okay or good. It says great, right? So the word great speaks of immense the immense size of the city. So we know in today's measurement, the New Jerusalem is fourteen hundred square miles. So I know it's fourteen. It's one thousand four hundred miles high. One thousand four hundred miles. Uh, what is that vertical and 1,400 miles width. So with height and length. So you guys get what I'm saying. So it's huge. Right. And I think the, the square space is like, I think we'll get to it in the next verses, but it's 2 billion square miles or something like that. It's huge guys. So like, and I haven't talked about the foundations or anything guys. Like it's humongous. Right. So it's room for everybody. Right. So he's saying how great it was. Right. And then the city also refers to as holy which speaks of the purity of the city. What city here on earth is holy? What city? Name a city. Any city is a holy. Has people died there? Do they keep on dying there? You know, right there? Like, just pain and suffering is everywhere on this earth. But in that city, no pain, no sorrow, no no crying, like we talked about in the video before this. It's a holy city, guys. Why? Because God is in our midst. And that's the only way it's going to be holy, like we talked about in the video before. It's only going to be holy when God is in our midst and dwelling with us because he keeps everything in order. That's what's missing. So also, uh, uh, were you going to say something, Justin? Because I'll just keep on going. If you... yeah. All right, cool. And uh, another thing I want to say, too, just going back to the high mountain part. So here goes a question for you guys. If you were ever confused about if a if an angel ever came to you before or if they ever do, and you're confused if you can trust that angel or not. Here's how you can trust them. Because you got fallen angels, so demons, and you got real angels, right? So mm-hmm. here's a question for you guys. How do you know if a fallen angel or a holy angel is speaking to you? That's the first question. So how do you know if the devil or the Lord is speaking to you, right? And this is how you know from verse 10. It says that John said that the angel took him on a high mountain. So we know just like Justin said that Jesus was tempted on a mountain. There's The mountain's. There's a lot of significances in the Bible about a mountain. 
But the parallelism is two stories that parallel with each other. It's when Satan took Jesus on a mountain and when this angel took John on a mountain. Two different things happened. Satan had Jesus looking down. So he had Jesus looking at everything else saying, I'll give you all that. I'll give you this. So when you look down at man, you think that you're better than him. When you look down at man, you, 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 you're in the wrong position, right? If you're looking down, right? You should always be looking up, right? When you look up, that's humble. That's humility, right? And God exalts those who are humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I can keep on going, guys. You see where I'm going at? So like John was looking up to the city. The angel had him looking up. So that's humility, man. He's bowing down saying, you know, God, like you're good. Like it's all you. Like this is this is great. This is amazing. I can't do this. Like this is all God's work, right? So he's looking up. But G Satan had Jesus looking down, tempting him, like saying, you know, you should have that. You should have this, man. You're God in the flesh. I can give you this. Like that's what it's like when a fallen angel talks to you. He makes you look at everybody else and get jealous and think that you need certain things and get mad at other people having certain things when you need to just appreciate who God made you to be and what God has, has for you, which is what the angel did here with John. Like John was bound down to the angel a few times in Revelations 22, the next chapter. And John and the angel kept on saying to John, quit doing that. Like we don't do that here. We only bound down to God and Jesus. And that's a true angel. A fallen angel will just let you bow down to him and bend in his will. Just like Satan tried to get Jesus God himself to do. That's stupid, right? So guys, this is the parallelism. This is why it's so per important to know scripture verses. And we know how significant mountains are in scripture. You know, Moses received a law on a mountain, you know, the Ten Commandments on a mountain. Uh, he he later looked at the promised land on a mountain. I keep on going. A lot of stuff happened on mountains before. I think the disciples were on a mountain during Jesus' transfiguration. Jesus taught on mountains. I keep on going, guys. Mountains have huge significance, right? And so Okay, this is my last point that I'm done. All right, so John, he's on a high mountain, right? So he has a high perspective when the city's descending down at him, right? So he can see everything at a bird's eye view. I'm gonna say at an eagle's view, because the eagle can see like, it can see movement all the way up in the earth's atmosphere, basically, like really far away. It can see something move. And then that's how he knows he, he got something. That's why he's like the greatest predator. He can see his prey, from all the way high in the sky, movement, right? So bird's eye view is what all of us need as believers in this world. You need to come up higher to see what's going on in this world because if you stay too low, man, we will not see God's best at the lower levels where the world wallows in sin. You can't see what's really going on if you don't come up higher to God's perspective, right? So to see and get the best from God, we always need to come up higher. That's where he is. We got to go up where he is, right? So if we remain at ground level, with worldly distractions, all we will see are things that will appear to the lust of our eyes. That doesn't help nobody. It just causes you to stumble. So come up higher in your perspective. You guys see what I'm saying? There's so much to say with that, man, but you guys get it. <laughs> Did you have anything else, Justin? Yeah. I I just a little bit about the angel as well, because that's very interesting that, that they also had, like, the seven bowls of the, uh, of the plague. It's just interesting that I don't know. I I I know there's a hierarchy of responsibilities, but I just find it interesting that the same angel that Earth is also going to be the angel that's showing John um, the like what to expect. Oh, I I love, love the 
I'm actually supposed to be looking up. I I actually didn't catch that at all. But yeah, you're right. When the 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 um the city like they he they were looking down, but God wants us to look permanent. So I really like that. And the angel, the fact that it's the angel showing it, I think important because um like God God is the one who's coming down. He's with, with the city right now, but the angel is. Not only the one that's going to bring destruction, they're also showing us uh, what to expect. And I think the Bible is, is full of a lot of that. It's saying that we've all sinned, but we can be saved with Jesus. Condemnation. Like the law verses have a condemnation to it, but also a way of salvation. That The fact that the angel serves both purposes shows a lot of... Bible's been laid out in which it's not all just fire and brimstone, a book of life and living water that accompanies. Because that's very interesting that, and that also have. Oh my bad. <laughs> oh, you're. What was it? It was the video playing on Facebook. I was trying to respond oh, back okay. to people. Uh, my bad. Keep you, you, you going, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was actually good. Are you sure? Because you were still talking. No, I I just wanted to point out about the angel because I feel like we didn't talk enough about the angel. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I was thinking the same thing when you brought it up. Like all I know from that passage in verse nine. Um, and there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had seven vows full of the seven last place. So I think in the great tribulation, right? Is it the great tribulation? Yeah. 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 The seven year tribulation period after the rapture of the church. So I don't know anything about that, guys. I've never done any studies on it. It's Revelations chapter six and Revelations eight. Um, God will pour out his wrath upon the earth. So it's seven plagues, seven trumpets were sounded, you know, which followed the seven plagues that John mentioned here. And this is one of the seven angels. So each of them hold one of the plagues that went about. And me and Justin talked about it. It's going to be funny when we study that. And it's the same place that went to Pharaoh or anywhere near the same place. That'd be crazy. Because that's how you know the Bible connects. And God, He, you know, he's the same today and forever. So that just backs up that scripture verse. So, yeah, guys, that's so much to study with this, man. I had a great time, man. Like, this was perfect, Justin. How do you feel? Yeah, it's great. All right, cool. I will keep on going, man. But it's late. We got we got work in the morning and everything. I ain't done all today, so. What you yeah. say, Justin? Yeah, that gosh, I like that. And this lesson flew by. That. Yeah, I'm glad you feel like that because we know we had an hour, eighteen minutes, man. <laughs> I love. I'll, I'll be honest. I this lesson a little better than. In the previous Revelation 21 lesson, maybe just because of the, but this one is just like a lot of, a lot of, that we could tear down. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, we'll go ahead and end it. I'll talk in a minute. But guys, thanks for tuning in again. You guys rock, uh, especially the people that commented. I love when people comment because yeah. I'm not used so to people, people commenting. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, is that Luz Australia? Is that how you pronounce that? So I guess that's Liz. 
Australia or less. But anyways, thanks for commenting. Yeah, I, I messaged them. So they, they rock and Jackson commented. And if you're watching, I know Maya always watches. So thanks for your support, Bay. And everybody else who supports this channel and, uh, and this ministry. I pray you guys enjoyed this video. So again, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Grows. You know, like all my videos, comment, share. This, this ministry about to be crazy. I already know, especially with Justin and Terry around. So uh, again, I have a playlist titled Revelations 21. So if you want to learn everything you possible about Revelations 21, eventually one day, Lord's will, willing, I have animation, uh, animated ministry. There's animations about Revelations 21. You'll see on this playlist on my YouTube channel. So check out that list on my sermon and Bible studies on that. Uh, this is all from a Sunday school lesson on Revelations 21. So you can check out any of the Sunday school lessons I've done, but especially Revelations 21 on here. Uh, and then, yes, you want to learn about more about the eternal heaven, what life's going to be like forever, all eternity. Check out this playlist right here. And then also make sure to go to the channel Chaplain Long, subscribe, like all his videos, and make sure you support him there. And make sure to go to his Facebook page uh just befriend them on there and then you can find us on any any of our social media platforms dm us if you have any questions if you want us to do videos on anything also uh yeah make sure to follow me on all my social media platforms i post amazing content it's awesome so these are all my social media pages all right so thanks for tuning in again guys i pray that you are blessed I pray you have a nice and spectacular fantastic rest of your week and uh yeah guys you have a good one and maya says she don't like to comment so she's but all right so <laughs> hey Maya Maya you can comment now she said I don't like when I when she comments so she's not gonna comment that's what she said because I told her it throws me off when she comment while we're talking on video like okay. it just makes that down like because I'm like I'm looking at her like I'm thinking like something bad happened or something or like like she just catches my attention you know what I mean oh yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense it's like my whole world stopped. <laughs> I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. I'm looking at her on Skype. But all right, guys. I'll see you guys later. You have a good one. Justin, you can say bye, too. Or you guys nice. closing. All right, cool. Talk to you guys.